Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, make sure you go out to iworkforhim.com. Just, I, I ask everybody to go out there tonight and take an opportunity. And when you get out there, watch for the flag to pop up for the I Work For Him Nation. We're looking for Christ followers across the nation and across the world to make the commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. If you sign up, you'll get a personal email from me along with a copy of the covenant that just says, hey, listen, I've made this commitment to start praying for my people in my workplace. Understand that the reason I'm asking you to do this is not because it benefits me. It's really cool, and I love hearing from you, but it's going to change your life. It's going to impact the paradigm you live within. When you start to pray with pe- pray for people in your workplace, you will start to see your heart transformed by the power of God in your life, and you'll start to see those people differently than you've ever seen them before. Go out to iWorkForHim.com. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Join tonight. You know, every day... Um, I, I just try to draw attention to different things that are going on around us. And, and just spending time alone with God has gotten to be so important to me. I've heard so many people that are my elders just challenge me. Jim, that first hour of the day has got to be the Lord's. If you if you just jump out of bed and start working, it kind of destroys the very day. And, and i got to tell you, as I've grown older in my faith, and I'm not old yet, because uh, I'm still in my 40s, but as I get older in my faith, I realize that that time is precious Are you spending time alone with God? One of the things that Martha and I ask every couple that we work with, every married couple that we work with is, are you spending time with the Lord each and every day? Are you praying together? Because those things transform our own life. But all of this, following Jesus Christ, really takes us adapting to a new paradigm in our worlds. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. We have to stop. We have to reject what the world is telling us is normal and chase after what Jesus says is normal. You know, every day I bring guests on the show that'll challenge you and I to a deeper faith. Several years ago, I got to meet this young lady. Her name is Karis Hillman Brown, and she's an author, she's a speaker, she's a blogger, and she's passionate about bringing the gospel message of your workplace is your mission field to the next generation. Karis Hillman Brown, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you so much for having me. You know, Karis, you have, you've always been so sweet on the air, and I love just, you've got such a great perspective. Just because we come from different decades, you, you look at things differently than I do, and I love that. Why don't you just share with the audience, how is Christ making an impact in your life today? 
Oh, wow. I think right now, I, uh, you know, there's all these different names of God in the Bible, like Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider, or Emmanuel, God with us. And, uh, you know, I think we experience God in all of those ways, maybe at different times in our lives where we experience, you know, uh, pieces of him and his nature at different times in our lives. Um, but recently, I think that I have uh, experienced God as um, a just God and a deliverer. So that has been very, uh, very awe-inspiring, and just I just feel very grateful for that and just knowing that God has our back, even if we're in a tough situation or even if uh, something's happened in our lives that we didn't think would happen, but um, he is He is there for us as his kids, and he loves us so much. It's so funny you bring that up, because in my own personal devotions this year, uh, when we were pre- preparing for this last year's marriage retreat cruise, I ran across uh, a calendar that talked about the attributes of God, and it spread them out over 31 days in the month. And, and so at part of, as part of my devotions, I, I review those and the verses that go to, and it's only 31 of the attributes of God, and there's way more than that. God is way more complicated than we could ever imagine. But I've been studying that same thing in my devotions. It's just part of what I do so that I can understand the Lord that I serve. And it's mm. and it's humbling because you realize how complex God really is, and we've got very simple minds, and, and our simple minds <laughs> tend, tend to put God in a box. So you've got, you, you're, you're working for a famous radio personality today. So yes, talk to me, talk to, talk to talk to about how the Lord led you to go to work where you are today. Who are you working for? <laughs> well, I am actually on assignment at a radio station, and I'm working for uh, a name that some of you guys might know, and his name is Clark Howard. And uh, if you guys don't know who he is, he is a financial consumer expert, and he's been on the air for the last thirty plus years, and just really helping people save money, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off. And so we just now launched a deal site, which is at deals.clarkhoward.com, and uh, it's where you can find all the best deals uh, for the day. And uh, so that's what I'm doing right now. So you're in charge of the site, the, the deals part. Yeah, yeah. We have some, you know, the, the whole team pitches in, but uh, – yeah, that's kind of like my primary role, but, you know, we all pitch in on everything, so. That's, that's cool how the Lord has <laughs> taken your talent, because maybe someday Clark will actually have you on the show, because you should be on, you should be on radio all the time. <laughs> You know, we, uh, we're talking today with Karis Hillman-Brown, and you wouldn't know that if you're just tuning in right now, but Karis is, is a longtime friend of our work for him, and she's an author, she's a blogger, she's a speaker, she's got a lot of passions about a lot of things, but she writes this daily devotional that comes out to my email box and email boxes across the world each and every day. Karis Hillman-Brown, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you. Talk about TGIF Next Gen. What's what is the uh, what's going on there? Well, I started writing uh, the devotional book. I, I guess I was just um, had just finished Bible college, and I really was impressed with a lot of different revelations that I received while I went through Bible college. And then my dad has written, you know, devotional TGIF today. God is first which is 365 daily devotionals and focused for people at work. And just, you know, the idea of bringing God into your work or bringing God into your everyday life. And so I began to write also, and then we, we decided it was a thing. And so I just kept writing until I got 
365 devotionals, and it, now they all go out by email, and you can also get the book version. But I was just really impressed with just being intentional about asking God into your life every day and putting God first. And, you know, that's just such an important topic, like you were talking earlier about just making that time with God. Um, you know, some people make it first thing. Some people make it uh, in the evening or wherever is, you know, the time that you can really focus. But um, that was just impressed upon my heart because of the revelations I was receiving and the importance of putting God first every day. So you, how long did it take you to write 365 devotionals? I mean, it didn't just take you. It didn't just take you a year. I'm sure it probably took longer than that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think my dad might have taken him like six months because he is like very fast. But I, for me, I was you know working full time at the same time I was writing it, so it took me a couple of years. So if you're a writer out there and it's taking you a while to write your books, just you know keep writing. Just write something every day, and you will eventually finish. <laughs> All right, so you're writing all these devotionals, and after the bottom of the half hour, we're going to talk about a couple of those devotionals because you've hit some really great topics. I mean, I was, I, I loved, I want to make sure we hit how can we hear God's voice in the workplace. So we'll hit that right after the bottom of the half hour, and how can we experience God supernaturally in the workplace. So those are two really, really good ones. So we're going to talk about that, but I want to talk about this list that you sent me because if there's ever anything that I am super passionate about, it's us as Christ followers really bringing the reputation of Christ up in the workplace. And you wrote, the, you, you found this list, 10 things that can ruin your witness at work. Now, did you write this or did you find this from somebody else? No, you no wrote I wrote it. it. You wrote this. You wrote this. Sorry, I, I, I didn't have that page on top. So you wrote this. <laughs> what caused you to write this? 10 things that can ruin your witness at work. What caused you to actually write that? Well, you know, I just feel like, and this isn't all Christians, but you know, there's there's been a lot of bad publicity about Christians that are super judgmental or, you know, we're known more for what we're against than what we're for. And, you know, I think that can start that whole perception or that brand, so to speak. You know, companies have a brand. Uh, people have a brand. You know, we as individuals all have a brand. You know, people will look at us and depending on, you know, how our habits and actions have been, they'll say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is a late person because they are late all the time or whatever. And so I just really feel like it's very important for Christians to really model the character of Christ in our lives. And the only way we can do that is being closer to Him and focusing on Him and worshiping Him in our lives. Um, So that was kind of the initiative thought on why I wrote that. Well, so I I love that. So was was it because you kept witnessing people? that were really wrecking their witness at work? I mean, did, I mean, is that where you got these 10 examples, things you saw other people demonstrating? <laughs> well, a little bit. Um, I have a friend that worked for a large accounting firm downtown, and she's a very strong Christian. And she said to me one day, Karis, I am having the hardest time working with this person at my job. And he's a Christian, but he's so hard to work with. And she said, I hate it because I feel like he is representing Christ, but he's not really representing him in a great way. So I feel bad because, you know, people are seeing this and they're saying they're, you know, kind of connecting his personality and his way of doing things with Christ when it's not really Christ-like. And so she was really just, you know, um, stirred up about that. And so that was part of it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just think we have, you know, a lot of work to do in terms of training people with kindness and, you know, displaying the character of Christ in our own lives. And that really can only happen as we spend more and more time with Him. 
All right, so here's your here's your list. So, and this list is the 10 things that can ruin your witness at work. And, and Karis, is this available on one of your websites where people can actually download this if they wanted to put this on their desk to remind them what not to do? <laughs> yes, yes. You can go to the 17graceconnection.com, and that's 17graceconnection.com with the V at the, at the front, the 17 Grace Connection. And if you sign up for the devotional, um, you'll get it. And if you just want to get that and you don't want to receive the devotional, you can unsubscribe from the devotional. Um, but that is available free. It's all free. So you can get it Perfect. There. And we will put that website, we'll put Karis' website out on Facebook tonight on the I Work For Him Facebook page. So just go out to I Work The Number For Him I work the number four him on Facebook and you'll find us out there. All right. So the top 10 list, do you have them in the list? I mean, is this like a, a, a David Letterman list? Like the number one <laughs> is the worst one and number 10 is not so bad. What, what do you, how do you have this organized? <laughs> not necessarily. It was more just how they came to mind. So, uh, and then, you know, thinking about the verses and they're not, not necessarily in any particular order. All right, well, I'm going to do them like number 10 is the worst one because it is actually pretty bad. Okay, number one, (laughs) this is for both employees and bosses. This is, again, from the top 10, the 10 things you can do to ruin your witness for Christ at work. Number one, being unkind. Go ahead and and dig into that for me. Yeah, well, you know, um, it's so funny. Uh, Working for Clark Howard, he is like the nicest person you will ever meet. I mean, he's the same person on the radio that he is in person. And I was just struck by that because, you know, it's like, wow, you know, he is, he is like modeling, you know, kind of a Christian principle in, in that being kind, it says in the Word in Romans 2-4, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? And so we see how it's, and then it says, can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from sin? And so, you know, when we see that the kindness of God leads people to repentance, you know, that's a completely different uh, perspective of God. And, you know, a lot of times people think God is angry and judgmental, but here it's saying God's kindness is leading us to repentance. And so I believe as followers of Christ, one of our attributes in our lives should be that we are kind and we are gracious and generous. And so that was something that just really stuck out to me. Well, it's also a fruit of the Spirit. I mean, kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's supposed to naturally flow from us. And and, uh, honestly, everybody listening today, as 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 you're thinking about this list of the 10 things you can do to ruin your witness at work, my wife, I can hear Martha saying in my head, she's not here, but I can hear her saying in my head, but we got to look at the glass half full part. Being kind should naturally flow from us. And if, right. we're un- if we're unkind, how are we any different than the world? I mean, literally, right. I had an appointment this morning where I had to drive three miles to this appointment. I got cut off twice and <laughs> in uh, three miles. And I didn't even get over 30 miles an hour the whole time I got there. And I'm just like, well, people are just not very kind. So when you're kind, yeah. you really stand out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can remember, I have not always been the kindest person. I used to be kind of a mean person, and I struggled with depression. And so there was a lot going on in my life. But then when I really met God for the first time and began to understand who He was and that He was kind and loving and gentle, then those kinds of attitudes began to fall off of my life, and I began to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, just like you're talking about. All right, so being being unkind, the number one way of how you can wreck your witness at work. Number two, having a bad attitude. 
again, <laughs> as, as Christ followers, we've been given eternity. We now have a relationship right. with the God of the universe who created everything, who understands everything, and we have everything to live for. Now, mm-hmm. I will tell you that I struggle with a, a bad attitude at times, and, it's, and it doesn't usually come out when I'm out in the public, except when I'm behind the wheel of a car because I drive in Tampa and it's crazy. <laughs> and I know you live in Atlanta, so and I know it's just as crazy there. Um, but it's 20 lanes wide instead of here. It's only, you know, six lanes. wide. But, but I, I know that sometimes I'm unkind at home or I have a bad attitude at home. I both, sometimes I'm unkind and I have a bad attitude. Why do you think having a bad attitude is such a, it really degrades. Why do you think Christians even have a bad attitude? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone is immune from, you know, getting a bad attitude or, you know, feeling let down or feeling, you know, disappointed by something in life for sure. Um, but, you know, as Christians, I think that, you know, we're called to be overcomers, and we're called to rise up, and you know, just like you're saying, it's like we have this hope, this eternal hope, and, you know, we, we ought to, for the most part, if we can, you know, focus on that so we can live in that space. And, uh, you know, I think maybe people, I think it's honestly a scheme of the enemy that uh, gets people and Christians especially distracted about, you know, what's bad that's going on in the world, and the news is terrible, and this happened, and, you know, and then we get all drugged down by all that garbage, and then we're not able to shine like we should be able to shine. And well, so... And I, and I love that. i got to cut you off because we got to head to a break. But, you know, as, as Martha and I were reading the Jesus Calling yesterday, it said, listen, I want you to thank me even when things are difficult, especially when things are difficult, because I'm using these difficult things to, to mold you in my image. We're talking about a, an article that she wrote, 10 ways to destroy, no, 10 things that can ruin your witness at work. And when this is a list, a great list for you and I, as we try to figure out how do we bring Jesus into the workplace and, and at least open up the door to conversation. And there's some things about us as Christ followers that should stand out. And that's what Karis has written about this. And her first two points of this article were, hey, if you're unkind in the workplace, you're not drawing attention to Jesus. You're drawing attention to the enemy. And if you got a bad, stinky attitude, again, you're not drawing attention to Jesus. You're drawing attention to the enemy. And it's really important that we recognize that what Karis has written in this article the, it's important that our lives stand out. So, Karis, as you wrote this, I mean, how, uh, as you wrote this, Karis, what was your hope when people wrote this? What would what was your hope that they how they would respond? Uh, I guess it was just my hope that you know, I'm sure, I'm sure all of your listeners are you know positive in all these things, and they are <laughs> shining for Christ. Um, <laughs> I'm but... sure not, because I know I struggle with some of them, so I'm sure not. <laughs> well. Uh, my hope is just that we would just be aware of, you know, the fact that we are a representation of Jesus Christ, no matter if we like it or not. And so if, if we're aware of that, then, you know, we might conduct ourselves differently. We might say, oh, you know, how would Jesus respond to that? You know, there was those trendy WWJD bracelets that came out in the 90s. I don't know if you remember those, but... Oh, I remember um, you know, <laughs> Those were, you know, those were just... It might have been, you know, something, you know, back then, but they were reminders just to keep in focus, you know, people are watching, and if I say that I'm a Christian or I say that, you know, I love God, uh, you know, people are watching and they want to see, well, how does a Christian respond and how do they act and, you know, do they like what they see? Are they are they feeling love from your life? Are they feeling joy coming from your life? And so the battle happens, again, from going back to the first thing is putting God first and experiencing more of Him in our lives. 
Yeah, and what you say that WWJD thing—if we would just apply that to everything we do—and you—and you, it's hilarious that you said it. Okay, it was trendy back in the '90s. You realize that that statement, "What would Jesus do?" came from a book from 1896, written by Charles what? Sheldon. Yes, a book written in 1896 called "In His Steps." And it's an amazing book that's sold. I think it's sold now. It's millions and millions and millions of copies. So if you've never read In His Steps, it is an inspiring story written a hundred and almost a hundred and well, it's 120 years ago. So there you go. There's a piece, piece of history out there. And it's a book I've read two or three times. And I don't read a lot of books over and over again. Uh, but uh, it is In His Steps by Charles Sheldon. Absolutely a great book. All right. So, Kara says, we're talking about this list that you put together. Ten things that can ruin your witness at work. Number one was being unkind. Number two was having a bad attitude. Number three was dishonesty. I mean, that just seems like, okay, if we're a Christ follower, honesty should be the thing that, that comes most natural. Right, right. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, you think about all of the things in, in the world and, you know, all of the scandals that happen. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure most people know, you know, it's the best policy, to be honest. But sometimes we just need to keep that in mind because, you know, I mean, as Christ followers, I mean, He instructs us over and over in the Old Testament and the New Testament, be sure to be honest, you know, don't um, submit a false witness. And so, I really think that's important for Christ followers to keep in mind. You got some great verses in this article. You put in there, a false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. That's from Proverbs 19.5. And what's so true about lying is that when you're a liar, you have to remember who you told a lie to and exactly how you told it. And you have to, if you're going to be a liar, you have to constantly remember where you're at in the lie. But if you just tell the truth all the time, even though sometimes that's painful because you screw up and you don't want to admit that you screwed up, and when you tell the truth all the time, you never have to worry about what you're telling people. You just, <laughs> right. just tell like it is. So I, that, that's something I always looked at. Number four is selfishness. And again, selflessness should come naturally flowing out of a Christ follower. How does selfishness tarnish the reputation of a Christ follower in the workplace? Well, you know, I think often in the business world, it's all about, you know, performing and achievement and, you know, getting the best accolades. And, you know, that can easily come if you're just trying to do a good job and you're trying to work with excellence. But I think we just have to, as Christians, you know, put ourselves aside um, and think of others, you know, as better than ourselves. It says in, uh, what is it here, Uh, in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, it says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. And I think that's really important, and it's, it's some way that we can stand out in, in the workplace is just, you know, taking an interest in others and thinking about, you know, uh, how is that person today or, you know, uh, just getting ourselves out of our self-focus because as humans, we're naturally selfish. But uh, I think we'll find that if we are able to step outside ourselves and see something from another person's perspective, then it'll benefit us even in the long run. All right, we're talking today with Karis Hillman-Brown. She's an author. She's a blogger. She's got her own devotional, daily devotional that she puts out, which is TGIF Next Gen. And she's offering you to be able to download this article that she wrote on the 10 things that can ruin your witness at work. You can go out to our website, uh, the seven, the 17 graceconnectioncom You can sign up for the devotional and get a copy of this uh, article in PDF form. And we're talking about the 10 things that can ruin your witness at work. All right. So we're going through an article that Karis wrote on 10 things that can ruin your witness at work. 
Karis, let's just break off for a second and talk about why it's so important that if we do screw up and we and we do one of these things that wrecks our witness at work, what's the thing that we can do to regain our witness immediately when we mess up like this? What do you think it is? Oh, I got an idea. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> well, I think that um, you don't have to tell me if it's right or wrong, um, but I think it's just you know being humble and apologizing when we know that we've messed up and just saying, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm so sorry. And will you please forgive me? Yes, and that's exactly what my point was. When we do that, because I have, I look through this list and I'm like, yep, been all of those things. And when I look at that and I think, I don't know about the stingy one, I'm not very stingy, but when I look <laughs> at it, I'm like, what I learned as my faith grew in me, really as I started getting your dad's devotionals a decade ago, I started realizing, okay, I'm never going to be perfect in the workplace, but I, when I screw up, I can say, I'm sorry, please forgive mm-hmm. me. You know, I, you know, that's not what I meant to do. And just apologize sincerely. Nobody's ever used to getting that from anybody in the workplace. Absolutely. Uh, so it's Absolutely. so powerful. And that can even be a witness in itself is just the willingness, you know, for us to be humble and to say, when I mess up, I'm sorry. Yeah, and it's the transparency and the vulnerability that really opens people's hearts. All right, so we had number one, being unkind will wreck your witness. Having a bad attitude will wreck your witness. Being dishonest will wreck your witness. Being selfish will wreck your witness. Number five, not working with diligence or excellence. And and just to make a point, I bring up as part of the I Work For Him Nation pledge, I tell people, listen, we want you to be a person of excellence in a workplace. Karis, as you wrote this article, I mean, it, it's so poignant, 10 things that can ruin your witness at work. But what we talked about right before the break is that you there may be times where you do damage your reputation at work. However, it is recoverable by doing what? Absolutely. It is recoverable by just going to the person that may have been involved and just saying that you're sorry. And, you know, I think that even may open up a dialogue to be able to share something with them, Um, you know, but I think that's the best thing we can do if we do fall short is just saying a simple, I'm sorry, and just, you know, acknowledging and going forward. Humility was one of Christ's premier attitudes. I mean, he had an attitude of humility in everything that he did. And if we are willing to humble ourselves before our coworkers, employees, our bosses, and be able to and, and just admit, listen, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. When if we're willing to do that, then it is it, it really it makes an impact on people because people are like, what's different about you? Nobody's ever apologized to me at work before. I mean, mm-hmm. can you think of some responses, Karis, when you've apologized to people for messing up at work? Some people's responses to you? <laughs> uh, well. Well, that was an assumption that you've ever made a mistake at work. No, no, I have, I have. Um, Most of it, you know, I mean, you might feel like so, like, oh, my gosh, this is so bad. Um, But, you know, most of it's met with, you know, um, that's all right, level, we'll move forward, you know. Um, Thank you for acknowledging that, you know. Um, So I I do think that, you know, in our own lives, we need to be able to have the courage to uh, be able to be humble and create an environment where, you know, that's just what we're going to do no matter what. And you know what? Everybody falls short. And so uh, when we can say, you know, hey, I'm sorry and I messed up, uh, that, I think, opens the door for people not to think, oh, well, that's just, you know, uh, somebody that doesn't get it or they're perfect or whatever. Um, So I think that is absolutely the best thing we can do. Okay, I agree. We're going to move on to the next point, which is, 
not work. One of the things of the of the list, ten things that can ruin your witness at work: not working with diligence or excellence. And I'll tell you, Karis, Alan called in from Clearwater. Alan, thanks for listening to the I Work for Him radio program. Alan from Clearwater won your book today, so I'll get you that Yay! address so you can send that out to him. So that's perfect. So not working with diligence or excellence, and this is something I, I loved. I loved one of the verses that you pulled out here. Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. As Christ followers, we are called to excellence, aren't we? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so funny because you, know, you might feel this tug to, you know, say, well, I've I got to witness to that person, or, you know, I've got to, I've got to pray, and that is all important. Um, we actually had uh, somebody that emailed us, not too long ago, and they were talking about this person that works with them, and they were struggling because the person was reading their Bible when they were supposed to be working, and what do you do mm. with that? And so, uh, you know, my my advice probably to that person would be, well, uh, you know, I mean, we are we are there to do a job, and, you know, we are called to do it with excellence, because the thing is, is that your work and the excellence of your work, if you do your work well, it can actually be like a language that speaks to people who don't know God, because they'll look at your work and they'll be like, wow, that's really awesome, and they might take notice of it. And that might open up a dialogue between you and them about your faith. Why is your work you know, excellent? Why do you work with diligence? And you might be able to share, well, I work with diligence because I believe that's the right thing to do, and I'm working for Christ. And so uh, I think that is just why it's so important that we keep that mindset of excellence and diligence in our work. Well, and it's really important, the other side of that, when somebody, just because you're reading your Bible at your desk, if you're doing it on the boss's time, you are really accomplishing exactly the opposite of what you're trying right. to accomplish. I mean, it is that is one of the most horrible things you can do. If you want to read your Bible at work, go to, get to work early. Right. You know, if, exactly. you, read it over lunchtime, <laughs> right but leave there. your desk. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's tough. But So we're going from the list that Kara Silman Brown wrote on her in this article, 10 Things That Can Ruin Your Witness at Work. Being unkind, having a bad attitude, being dishonest, displaying selfishness, not working with diligence or excellence. Number six, applying morality and ethics in your work underhandedly for personal gain. Here's what you really wrote. And one, ten things that ruin your witness at work, not applying morality and ethics in your work, chronic absenteeism, stealing fraud, acting underhandedly for personal gain. So what do you mean by that? Well, you know, there was a very interesting story that my dad read about in one of his devotionals. And uh, I don't know if uh, you remember this whole situation that happened, but back in the day, there was a company called Enron, and oh, yeah. they they engaged in some very shady activities. And, uh, you know, I, the younger listeners may not know about this. But uh, regardless, you know, the person who was the main guy, uh, he was actually the son of a Baptist minister, and so he would he was he said in a statement in a Christian book that I was exposed to moral and ethical behavior and uh, how that, you know, connected to leading organizations and people, and he was a strong believer. And so it just goes to show that, you know, even even the strongest Christian, we all need to be reminded of, you know, just living morally and not, you know, skewing the books and uh, living uprightly and making decisions that would honor God. And so, you know, that that was a huge thing that happened. He got put into jail, so he had a huge fall from grace. And so I just think that no one, you know, is too far from making a big mistake. We just have to keep it in mind and just know that, you know, uh, 
our decisions can follow us. And so it's really important that we do um, do the right thing and make the right choices. And it drove Ken Lay so crazy. He killed himself. Isn't Ken, uh, or did he die, or did he die of cancer? One or the other. It was either I think one he of, died. Yeah. One of the yeah. yeah one, right. I would say one of yeah. So he died a very young life. But one of the I mean the executives within Enron who took advantage of their employees and destroyed their retirement plans and 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 manipulated the oil markets for years. I mean it was they it was all for personal gain. And, and honestly, we serve a God. The opposite of this is that we serve a God who understands it and knows exactly what we need. And he mm-hmm. doesn't need any help in providing for us. And mm-hmm. really that's what we're saying when we try to do these things to help ourselves out that God needs a little help. And I've been, <laughs> right. I've been guilty. I've been guilty that where I'm thinking, oh, God, let me help you out a little. I'm going to wake some extra money over here on the side, not doing it dishonestly, but just helping them out kind of a thing. And, and, it, <laughs> right. and it drives me crazy, but it is, you know, any person that's in sales is always thinking, well, maybe I could just, you know, the, the bosses are going to give me a bonus for doing this. Maybe I need to help myself out on the side. And those things destroy a witness. Uh, mm-hmm. When you start stealing money, it is really, really tough. All right, we're talking with Kara Selman Brown about this article she wrote, 10 Things That Can Ruin Your Witness at Work. Number seven, as, as a boss, being stingy or inflexible. What do you mean? Well, you know, in Proverbs uh, 11.25, it says the generous will prosper. Those who, will, who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And I just uh, included this little section on bosses because if, you know, you're a boss and people know that you're a Christian, it's super important to be aware of, you know, your personality and persona and how you interact with people. Um, so one of the things that, one of the ways that can work out is just, you know, I, I remember my husband had a situation where uh, he he works in retail and there was a boss in one of the districts and there was a man that had a vacation scheduled and uh, the boss said, well, I'm sorry, but you can't take a vacation because uh, he was just super set on, we have to make the calls, we have to make the calls, we have to make the calls. And so uh, the guy ended up leaving because, you know, he was just, He's like, well, I mean, you don't understand. I, I planned this vacation now, and I had my family, and we had an important, we had like a, had like a graduation or something. And so it's just, it's just kind of going back to that whole thinking of others is better than yourself and considering others and being able to serve people in the workplace. Not that we're not expecting them to work hard and do a good job, but just that there's a little flexibility just saying, you know, I value you, and you're a valuable person, and uh, let's work this out together. Well, I think this really also applies for coworkers as well, because mm-hmm. if you, a lot of times you're on a team and pieces of the team need to pick up for other pieces of the team. And sometimes people will take advantage of that, but being flexible with people and being willing to mm-hmm. serve them. Again, one of the things I, I tell people in the, I work for him nation pledge is look for ways to serve people. And this is one of those ones being generous and being flexible are really powerful statements uh, to mm-hmm. people in the workplace. And, and again, being stingy really sends the wrong message because God, God held nothing back. He sent Jesus. He gave everything up for us on the cross so that we could have life and live it to its fullest. And so it's so important. All right. Of the 10 things that can hurt or damage, ruin our witness at work that Karis Hillman Brown wrote this article, number eight, put too, putting too many burdens on employees so much it causes burnout. Speak about that one. Well, you know, in the New Testament, Jesus says, my burden is easy and light. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because it correlates back to this verse in Isaiah. And uh, Isaiah, the prophet, is talking, and God is talking through him. And this was something that God was kind of angry about. And it says, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. 
Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. And that's Isaiah 58, 6. And so uh, I don't know if people might realize this, but uh, this is from a teaching that I heard from a very successful Christian business leader. And uh, she was talking about how if we put unbearable burdens on people, uh, that's not very godly. And so, you know, there's there's a point where it's like, well, you know, people need to be challenged and we need to work, you know, very hard and work with diligence. But if, if it's constant struggle, constant pressure leading to burnout, then we probably should step back a minute and reevaluate. You know, are we pushing people because we're afraid of lack? Are we pushing people because we just have to get to the next milestone? Um, but, you know, I think there's a good balance that, you know, in this verse, God was upset with the Israelites because they were putting too heavy burdens on their employees. So just something to think about for sure. Well, and it is so easy to do as a, a well, I, I have been treated that way by bosses in the past, and I'm mm. sure I've expected too much for people, but it, never expect something of your people that you won't take yourself. But if you're gonna, if there's gonna be a time where you're really pounding, then there's got to be a time when you're when you're stepping back and letting people just work 40 hours. So I mean, it's, right. it's, there's got to right. be a balance. All right, number nine in the things that you can do to, that can ruin your witness at work: playing favorites or being unfair. You got like 30 seconds. Go on that one. <laughs> Well, in Proverbs 11.1, 1, it says the Lord detests the use of dishonest skills, but he delights in accurate weights. And so I think it's really important that, you know, I mean, this is something that can damage families, too, is when we're playing favorites at work and we're not basing, you know, decisions and accolades on, you know, excellence and diligence and we're basing it off of favorites. That can really hinder an organization. It can really ruin morale. So, and it's even a biblical concept, uh, you know, that we treat people fairly and that uh, one person is not, you know, treated better than another or given more accolades than another just because of who they know. Um, it's actually a biblical principle that God would like us to be fair and to judge things with honest scales. All right. So the number one thing, I'll just go back through them really quick. Being unkind, having a bad attitude, being dishonest, being selfish, not working with diligence or excellence, uh, using, uh, apply morality for your own selfish gain and then how about being stingy or inflexible putting too many burdens on people playing favorites or being unfair and the number 10 the number 10 thing that can cause that can ruin your witness at work lack of integrity lack of integrity you know karis there's a saying out there and i'm not sure if they really know who who said it but integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how can, that's a good one. What, what, when you thought of integrity, you picked this Bible verse, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked are in power, they groan. How does that have to do with integrity? Well, you know, I think that integrity, you know, it touches all aspects of our lives. And, uh, you know, our integrity, you know, it's kind of like a working out of our actions. And so, uh, you know, are, are our actions righteous or are they wicked and so you know it's it's so true that in uh in situations where there's leaders and there's good leaders uh people feel freed up they feel joy they they enjoy you know the things that they're doing when there's a good leader in a position of authority but when there's a bad leader in a position of authority that maybe doesn't have integrity then there's just a lot of strife there's a lot of frustration there's a lot of oh my goodness i just don't like this atmosphere and so 
Uh, that's why it's so important to just be full of integrity and, you know, doing the right things and just having that, you know, be a part of our everyday lives. And we'll, you know, always maybe fall short because we're human. But, you know, like you said, just being able to be humble and saying, I'm sorry when I mess up um, and then getting back up and starting all over again. So just summarize it for our listeners before we go. Why is it so important that we protect our witness at work and are so careful that we make sure we apologize when we do mess up? Why do you feel it's so important to protect your ability to to be a witness for Christ in the workplace? Well, I just think it's important because, uh, you know, when people look at us and we say that we're a Christian, then they're kind of looking at, well, what kind of behaviors are you exhibiting? You know, um, are we treating people with kindness? Uh, are we, you know, how, do we have a positive attitude? Are we filled with God's joy? One quote that I didn't mention was uh, a quote by Mother Teresa, and she said, one filled with joy preaches without preaching. And, uh, you know, honesty, you know, it's so important to be honest, and God is pleased when we're honest. Um, so I just think it's so important because, you know, the world just has such, uh, can have such a negative impression of God, but when we act uh, godly, and we act like his sons and daughters when we display his love, then people get a completely different picture. And it's so important that we experience God ourselves first so that people can see the evidence of him in our lives. That's so true. Kara Silman Brown, thank you so much for being an I Work for Him today. We'll have to do a future show to talk about some of those devotionals. We didn't get to those today. <laughs> but thanks so much. God thank bless you. you. And we'll talk soon. All right. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in today to I Work for Him. I hope this show challenged you to look at how your witness is being displayed in your workplace and that if you've messed up, go and apologize. Ask people's forgiveness and start over anew tomorrow. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business and I've made a lot of mistakes, but I know this, ultimately, I work for him. Hey.